Good morning. I'm John, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 30th. Who makes a superstar in the wrestling industry? This is one of the most convoluted questions and answers in the history of wrestling fandom and the wrestling business itself. If you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. On this day in 1993, WWF presented the 6th annual SummerSlam. The one with the poster that depicted Yokozuna bonsai dropping the American flag with the subtitle, Fat Chance. But to do this story justice, we have to rewind a little. Since taking the territorial business of professional wrestling national in the early 80s, Vince McMahon had a pretty successful formula. Rest the company on the ample shoulders of a Superman-esque figure like Hulk Hogan and ride the wave. When Vince thought Hulk's time might be coming to an end, he found the Ultimate Warrior. And if anyone ever doubted the power of the McMahon hype machine, you need look no further. There are men and women in their 40s and beyond right now that have warm memories of the Ultimate Warrior to this day. And you can't blame them. Things that appeal to us in our formative years tend to stick with us forever. The Ultimate Warrior had the presentation of a superstar, a physique that rivaled Hogan's and all the bright colors, pyro, pomp, and circumstance that came along with the top spot in the company. But if you could wipe the memories of those fans and make them rewatch the Warrior for the first time as an adult, I'm not sure you get the same outcome. Sure, he had Hogan's muscles and bright colors, but he fell painfully short of Hogan's low bar for in-ring work. And Hogan's biggest strength, Gift of Gab, was another disaster for Warrior. While Hogan's promos could make a 10-year-old Hulkamaniac run through a brick wall with a glass of milk in one hand and a bottle of Flintstones chewables in the other, Warrior's mic work was an audible acid trip. You remember a few of them for their ridiculousness, but no one, including Warrior, had any idea what the hell he was saying. So Vince went from Hogan to Warrior, back to Hogan when Warrior became impossible to deal with, then tried Warrior one more time as Hogan grew stale again, and all this was pretty much a band-aid on a bullet wound. But it was clearly time for that next big thing. In 1992, after dropping the WCW title to Sting at Super Brawl 2, Lex Luger signed with Vince McMahon, but not initially to work in the WWF. Luger would be the face of McMahon's World Bodybuilding Federation. Even if he was only scheduled to guest posed at WBF events, and the eventual plan was to bring bodybuilding to pay-per-view just like wrestling. But Luger would injure himself in a motorcycle accident. By the time he was recovered, the World Bodybuilding Federation had gone belly up. So at the 93 Royal Rumble, Luger debuted his narcissist persona and was paired with perhaps the greatest manager of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan, in a heel role. He posed in front of mirrors before each match and the crowd went mild. The one bright spot in the character's resume was the fact that they brought real life into the wrestling industry in kind of a brilliant way. Using the motorcycle accident, they would repeatedly reference the steel plate in Luger's forearm. That allowed Luger to take a very basic move like a clothesline or a forearm shiver and turn it into a devastating finisher. McMahon made a star out of Ultimate Warrior with a complete 
dearth of actual wrestling ability, so there had to be something they could do with this former WCW champion with an Adonis-like physique. The hype machine went into overdrive. The heel character really wasn't making waves. But hell, Vince didn't build the company around hills anyway. Lex Luger, with his bodybuilder form, would become Vince's next All-American hero. It was so easy. Yokozuna was the monster heel and heavyweight champion of the day. This 550-plus pound sumo wrestler character might as well have been Godzilla in human form, a slow-moving force of nature, leaving a path of destruction in his wake. The champion celebrated the 4th of July holiday with a body slam challenge on board the USS Intrepid. Superstars the likes of Macho Man Randy Savage, Scott Steiner, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Crush, as well as professional football, basketball, and hockey players, all took turns trying and failing to lift the big man. All seemed lost for the old red, white, and blue until Todd Pettengill spotted an incoming helicopter. When Lex Luger stepped off that copter, literally dressed in an American flag shirt, the crowd went nuts. When he blasted the Japanese <coughs> Samoan monster with that metal plate and scooped him up for a slam, a hero was born. Their match was immediately set for the top of the card at SummerSlam, some eight weeks away, which meant the McMahon hype machine had nearly two months to cement Luger as their heir apparent to the Hogan mold. And their ace idea was dressing up a star-spangled bus and recreating a 19th century whistle-stop campaign where Luger would drive into your town to shake hands and kiss babies. Enter the Lex Express. Small problem. Lex didn't want anything to do with driving cross-country on an uncomfortable bus, and he certainly didn't want to sleep on one. So behind the scenes, he would fly to the next city and sleep in a nice hotel whenever possible, then meet the bus a mile or so away from the next stop, just in time to rub elbows long enough to get a taped spot to air on the next TV broadcast. In the arenas, however, people were not quite as happy to see him. The 4th of July weekend stunt had all the ingredients for a great moment. America's birthday celebration, a foreign menace, and a patriotic hero to save the day. But week to week in the ring, Luger's style was uninspiring and the crowd reactions fluctuated from tepid to nearly indifferent. No matter how many blood vessels Vince McMahon popped while telling us what a stud Luger was from the commentary desk. This was all building to a huge event though, and the WWF does huge events like no other. So everything would be fine, right? Well, if you were really paying attention to the crowds at the time, you would see there was more genuine reactions going to others on the card. Bret Hart's storyline with Jerry Lawler was earning him fan support, not only because of how easy it was to hate Jerry Lawler, but because the fans enjoyed Bret's technical style, and they remembered that he kind of got bumped aside for the returning Hogan after WrestleMania 9. Also still very much on the fans' mind was The Undertaker, who had been hovering just below the top of the card since dropping the WWF title to Hogan at Tuesday in Texas nearly a year and a half ago. But Luger was going to be Vince's new golden goose. The hype machine was in high gear, until it wasn't. At some point, somewhere behind the scenes, and if the stories we've all heard about Vince's penchant for changing his mind are true, the plan changed, and probably last minute. Luger got all the spectacle leading up to and including his entrance for the WWF's second biggest show of the year in that summer of 1993. He then proceeded to put on a ho-hum match. Yokozuna was increasingly less mobile by the week at this point in his career, 
and Luger's uninspiring ring style was not going to do much to make up for it. Luger hit Yokozuna with the steel-plated forearm and sent the big man to the floor, where he never quite recovered. The referee counted to 10 and Luger had won. There were other members of the locker room out to celebrate with the patriotic babyface. There were American flags, streamers, balloons, and much rejoicing. What was missing? Well, the WWF Championship for one. Luger had won, sure, but he had done so by countout. You don't win championships that way in the WWF. The title would stay with Yokozuna. Luger really hadn't accomplished anything. The figurative Lex Express had broken down at the side of the road. It would limp all the way to WrestleMania 10, where Luger had the first of two shots at Yokozuna and his WWF Championship as the result of a controversial ending to the Royal Rumble. Luger and Bret Hart would finish the Rumble by tumbling to the floor simultaneously as the last two remaining participants. The Rumble would be declared a draw, and both men would get a shot at Yokozuna at Mania. Lex failed to get it done again at the Showcase of the Immortals, in another underwhelming match that ended when he was disqualified by guest referee Mr. Perfect. An ensuing feud with Perfect might have kept Luger near the top of the card, but an injury to Perfect kept that from happening. Without the full support of the McMahon machine, Luger stuck around but failed to make much of an impact. Bret Hart, on the other hand, would win his match later in the evening and take the WWF Championship from Yokozuna, holding it for nearly 250 days and riding a wave of uncontrived fan support. So who makes a superstar in the wrestling industry? Well, while the powers that be definitely have their finger on the scale, sometimes the fans can't be ignored not only when it comes to who they cheer, but sometimes more importantly, who they don't. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 30th, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.